0: There's Levine stepping in towards Jokic, fading away. And that's a beautiful. Nice rebound by Brown up ahead to Levine.
1: Zach attacks.
0: Good fight, and he lays it in.
1: That's a veteran move right there. Welcome to my party. Who's left him on an island.
0: Four assists, five points for Morris. Levine again. Good again. His first three of the night. 90 seconds for the first half. Levine stepped back 15 feet. That is on a Sumo the 5 for the Bulls Gordon picks up Levine Crosses up, fires in And
2: hits!
1: That's a big time shot right there did had have the numbers in life, wasn't feeling it
0: So he drives it instead to the rim, got it! Bradley to screen, Levine the drive Down the runway Got it to go! Levine off the Bradley pick Faded 3 point shot is good Zach Levine take over mode
1: but swarming defense, making, creating the barrier around the basket. Everyone getting a lead
0: on Levine to the rim, maneuvering, what play. Yeah. play. Ayo to Levine,
1: showtime. Flight nine for liftoff now.
0: He stepped up, won the glass against the Nuggets this evening. Levine, patient, waiting for his time. In
2: the Basketball is good time for the under the hood basketball podcast with jonathan hood you love basketball you've come to the right place What's up everybody and welcome into the Under the Hood basketball podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Use the promo code WMVP when you go to DraftKings. DraftKings.com. You can download the app and boy already they've got the Christmas Day games ready for you for the NBA. It's been up there for a while. College basketball as well. If you love basketball that's why you download this podcast then you know you can go to DraftKings and have some skill in the game. Check out the odds who's favored who's not. There's different parlays they have there as well. Check it out. I I'm a big fan of DraftKings. I hope that you are, too. DraftKings, go to the NBA or college basketball section. or Anything else in sports, you can be able to have the best bets on DraftKings. So we're going to hear from my guy Brian Kamenitsky from the Lando Lakers podcast at uh, ESPN LA. We'll get his thoughts about a big game that's going to take place on Tuesday night as we record this as the Celtics take on the Lakers. But first, you heard the highlights Adam Amin and Bill Weddington, the Bulls, have won four in a row. They're 17-8. Eight. They're 8-4 eight at home. They beat the Nuggets 109-97. to 97. And boy, there were so many happy faces at the United Center. There's so many people that were watching this game and said, OK, what's going to happen when there is no Kobe White, no DeMar DeRozan, no Javante Green? All three of these players out because of COVID protocols. And so the Bulls are shorthanded. What are they going to do against really solid players like players like Jokic and Green and Gordon and Morris? They have a number of really solid players, and the Nuggets are very well coached. They're you know off to a little bit of a rocky start without Michael Porter. Point is, though, is that the Nuggets are a good team. They're the team that should make the playoffs in the West. So what are the Bulls going to do? The Bulls are going to. Score 109 points. The Bulls are going to have five players in double digits, including Zach Levine, who you heard a lot there in the highlight. Zach went off 32 points. He had eight assists and three rebounds. And the end of that third quarter into the fourth, that guy got hot. He played 39 minutes and played some terrific basketball as far as just elevating the team offensively. And then from there, Lonzo Ball. Another coming out party for Lonzo. 20 points and 10 rebounds, 4 assists. 6 assists shy of a triple-double. That dude gave max effort as well. Vucevic on the inside. Vucevic with 20 points and 10 rebounds. He played well. Io DeSumo coming off the bench as a starter because of how shortened this uh, team is because of COVID protocols. You know what I looked at? The 8 assists. He had 11 points, but he played 42 minutes. So the starters in Vucevic... Ball, Levine, and DeSimu all played 35 or more minutes. And so I was overjoyed by the effort by the Bulls as they shot 37% from the field. And I was really happy about what I saw there. This Bulls team, I mean, they've won four in a row, they swept out New York, too. That Brooklyn game, that was dope too because they beat the Nets 111 to 107, beat the Knicks before that, beat the Hornets uh, at the United Center. And so the last four games, you're starting to see the Bulls really be able to get into their own offensively. Really great to see. They are tied with Brooklyn for the East division lead right now again it's december the point is though is that it's relevant basketball and it's really really great to watch to see how the bulls are faring offensively some thoughts now from billy donovan the head coach for the bulls
0: um i wanted to stagger a little bit and get lonzo off a little bit earlier at least in the first half you know because obviously with kobe not being here and alex out as well we're down ball handling and i thought you know playing him defensively with that first unit and then bringing him back um, or at least taking Lonzo off a little bit earlier you know just made sense Um, but I think he's earned it he's played really well and he's done a really really good job for us and continues to grow and get better Um, I got confidence in him and um, I was a little bit worried about the matchup because we started him off on Jeff Green you know obviously size differential he hung in there you know we got hurt on some post-ups early Um, we we were You know, we were okay. Um, I think defensively in the first half, we really tried to get the ball to Jokic's hands. We did not do a great job after he got rid of it. They generated a lot of shots. Um, But, you know, Io, I thought his activity defensively, I thought just his energy, his his length, um, his ability to get downhill, um, another kind of a ball handler playmaker could help the group. Minutes, 42 minutes for half hour. Yeah, man, I played some guys too many minutes to be quite honest with you. We ended up having an eight-man rotation. That's probably not ideal. Um, I, I was, I really kind of liked the way that second unit was playing, and and we didn't really make very many shots. I thought the difference in the first half was a three-point line. They made a few more than we did. Um, but I just, I, I, really thought that the group was trying to trying to play the right way and do the right things. And I think that that third quarter especially at the end of the third quarter with what Zach did and the way he played was just spectacular. And then starting that fourth quarter, I thought that second unit really, really played well. So, you know, we we had to kind of get our footing offensively in that first half. It was a little bit of a struggle for us. It was a struggle for both teams. I think both teams, I don't think either one of us shot over 40% from the field in the first half. Um, We got to the free throw line a little bit more than they did, but they obviously shot the ball better from behind the line than we did. What does, it, what does it say to you that the more you guys keep throwing on I.O.'s plate, the more he handles it? No, I, I, you know, I, I, I really love coaching him because you can really, really talk to him in a way that he wants the truth. He wants to get better. He wants to grow. He wants to hear where, what he's got to do to improve. You know, and for me as a coach, I, when you see a, a young man with that much hunger and desire to want to be good, he wants to hear it all. And I really, really respect that about him So um, For me You know So much, and I said this way back when It's it's his makeup, you know, it's who he is As a competitor, you know There may be guys that shoot it better than him There may be guys faster than him, maybe guys more athletic than him But he's got a big heart And he competes And um, he impacts winning And he, I think in a lot of ways Makes a lot of timely plays That, that impact winning, so you know there was a lot on his plate tonight, um, and and he really did a great job not only starting but playing the number of minutes he played tonight. It's a big
2: moment for him being from here, starting to introduce him that's from Chicago. I mean, how did you deliver the news to him this morning? Whenever how did you bring him aside and deliver
0: that news to him? Um, you know, like it's 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 got to be an incredible experience for him just growing up in Chicago, probably watching the Chicago Bulls and him being a, a fan of the game and. You know following the game following the chicago bulls the history of the bulls and then all of a sudden you know here he is who would have ever told him if he was seven years old sitting on his couch hey someday you're gonna play for the chicago bulls right um i brought him in maybe an hour before the game because we met as, after i got out of media with you guys i we kind of started to sit down and talk and tried to kind of map out some rotations based on who they were playing And I brought him in. I said, listen, I'm going to start you. I'm going to probably, you know, keep you out there. You're going to play a lot. But, you know, I just need you to be who you are. And I didn't really say anything more than that to him. I mean, every excuse me? No, he's like unfazed. That's the thing I love about him is it's like, okay, however you need to use me, just use me. And if I would have told him, hey, I'm going to start somebody else, he would have been fine with that. Like, he's just a competitor. He loves competing. He loves the game. He loves playing. Um. You know, it's he's the kind of guy that will do whatever he has to do to help the team. And then the other side of it is he wants the truth about himself of where he's got to get better. And I really admire that because I think a lot of times, you know, it's hard for people to handle sometimes the truth. He wants that. You know, I think he thrives on that. And he's a great guy to coach. He's a great guy to work with. Um He's got an incredible, infectious personality, um, you know, and and I and I think he's only going to get better because his skill set's going to get better. But the innate competitive spirit of what he of which he plays with, and I said this before to you guys, like the moment's not too big for him. You mentioned that third quarter stretch from Zach where he kind of took over scoring, but I thought you know, season high eight assists. I, I thought his decision making. Made- season-high eight
1: assists from Zach, too. He was, I thought his decision-making throughout was pretty strong. He had that stretch where he took
0: over, but he was also facilitating a lot, of playing two-man game. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, like, analytically, it's hard at the half. I was disappointed we only had eight assists to half, but we sh- we're shooting below 40%. So it's like, okay, you know, w- would we have had more assists had we shot the ball better? It's eight, it's like a really low number. Are we playing too much iso? But I, I do agree with you. I, I think Zach played an incredibly complete game, You're not only scoring and taking over the way he did at the end of the third, but also generating shots for a lot of the guys. And he probably could have had 15 assists. You know, Vooch, I thought he generated some pretty good looks for him. Vooch missed some shots, which, which fine. I give Vooch a lot of credit for hanging in there and continuing to shoot the ball. Um, but, you know, Zach, Zach was, was, was great all the way around. You know, tonight I thought he worked really hard uh, defensively there was a lot on his plate offensively not only scoring but facilitating I mean he played an exceptional game
2: Billy Donovan the head coach for the Bulls talking after the game as the Bulls win against the Denver Nuggets one of the great things I like about this Bulls team is that it's not the Zach Levine show. It, it is a lot of nights, but when others can be able to help out offensively, that means so much. Um, I thought the Bulls were one-dimensional a lot when Zach was there. Zach was doing all he can to win. But when you have others, especially on Monday night, right? DeRozan arguably is an all-star caliber player this year. I think that he could be in the all-star game if he keeps going like this um, and When he's not there and then Zach pulls up and then Ball pulls up and you got Vucevic and others being able to pick up the slack, that shows you that you have a well-rounded team. I did hear from uh, Bill Simmons on the Bill Simmons podcast and Bill Simmons said, yeah, I could see the Bulls winning it all. I don't know if they're a championship team just as of yet, but I just know that they're winning uh, a lot of games against good teams, right? You sweep out New York, you sweep out Los Angeles, you're beating Utah here, Denver there. You know, there's some impressive wins of the resume so far for the Bulls. And again, we're talking about uh, December 7th, but the point is, though, is that it's good to see the Bulls playing well, playing together, right? And it's still room for improvement. I just hear what Billy Diamond says about the team's defense and how the defense could be better. I, I, You know what? Whatever his standard is, is my standard, right? I just know I like what I see uh, on both ends of the floor. But you know what? there's always can be improvement because ultimately, once you do get to the postseason, if you're healthy enough in the postseason, you want to be able to shore up all the things, all the bad habits you might have had in the regular season. You want to make sure that you are sound on both ends of the floor ready for the playoffs you know it's one thing to root for the bulls and just wave the pom-poms and say oh everything bulls is great well you know what the bulls need to get healthy the bulls need to be able to know when to rest players as well and just have that momentum keep it going all i know is that there's good good vibes around this team and that is a positive for uh billy donovan and the bulls uh the question was posed on cap and jay hood in which i host seven to ten on espn 1000 whether or not billy donovan could be you know, coach of the month, or is he into running for coach of the year? Oh, I'm sure. Um, but also give a shot to Eversley and Carno as well, because they easily could have been, and, and this would happen happened in the previous regime, the big fish would have been Alex Caruso, and that would have been it, right? DeRozan wouldn't have come here. Um, you don't get ball possibly in the previous regime because the Bulls were not aggressive. The Bulls traded some players, some players that fans liked, right? Who didn't like Thaddeus Young just as a nice veteran piece? But you have to trade something to get something. So I'm just glad the Bulls made multiple moves to try to get in this position right now. And of course, it manifests itself from the coaching and the players all coming together so far. When people are saying, hmm, Bulls can make a deep run or, hmm, championship for the Bulls. Man, that's a far cry from just, what, 365 days ago? Uh, Even two years ago with this team? So... Just got to keep the momentum going. It's a long season, but you'll take what you can get right now because it's looking good. Let's take a look at the Lakers and Celtics. The Lakers are going in the wrong direction. We'll talk about it. Ah, the oldest rivalry in the NBA is happening tonight on TNT at 9 o'clock, as it will be the Lakers and the Celtics. We turn to Brian Kamenitsky, our friend from Los Angeles, for part of the Land of Lakers podcast at ESPN LA. He joins us here on ESPN Chicago for the Under the Hood podcast. Hello, Brian. Hey, Jonathan, how are you? I'm well. Um, You turn on first take this morning, and apparently Stephen A. Smith says that the Lakers are close to being irrelevant. I didn't expect that this morning, did you?
1: no um I mean the the, it's, the problem is he's not as far off as I think Lakers fans would want I, I don't think we're quite there yet and he did say close to mm-hmm. but you know I mean the thing about it is you know, they're, they're 12 and 12 and you look at where they are they, they they've had one of the easiest schedules in the NBA um they, they've played the Rockets twice Oklahoma City twice they've played Detroit twice I mean these are not great teams and yet they're only 12 and 12 and they haven't beaten anyone like the the best thing they have to a good win is against a miami team that was missing jimmy butler for most of the game so they just they've had injuries lebron's missed more games than he's played like they're there you can go up and down the line and find different kind of caveats and, and extenuating circumstances and all that bottom line is they're not playing well and it hasn't come together and they are running out of time to get themselves into a position where they can be as good as Golden State, as good as Utah, as good as Phoenix.
2: Uh, what are your memories of the last game the Lakers played against the Clippers? What stood out?
1: Well, I, it, a lot of it was just sort of this sort of moral victory kind of stuff, where they played a pretty decent game. They, they looked good by their standards. But, you know, LeBron talked about it after the game. They, they really tried to lean into some of these smaller lineups that require him to be uh, very on point, particularly when he's playing center or, you know, Frank Vogel calls it a centerless lineup, but essentially LeBron is a center in some of these really small lineups, which puts him on the back line. And, um, you know, he's very good. His teammates will tell you, you know, calling out coverages and directions and all these kinds of things. But for about five minutes in the second half, when they went, he was, he had said he was very loose defensively, gambled too much. They broke down. And those were pivotal points in that game on Friday. And they just they can't afford that kind of thing. And I think LeBron is in a in an unusual position that a lot of superstars don't find themselves in, where they have to be engaged, carrying the load on both sides of the ball at all times. Like they just you know they used to be able to kind of hide LeBron a little bit here and there and let him turn it up in fourth quarters, in big games, in the playoffs or whatever it is. But now with guys like Contavious Caldwell Pope and Kyle Kuzma in Washington and Alex Caruso's in Chicago, um, you know so that the, the, that infrastructure isn't there anymore. And when LeBron takes a playoff or he gambles or doesn't make a rotation or whatever it is, everyone notices. And that's the kind of thing that stuck out to me is that 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 safety net for for LeBron and even a d to some extent is just gone.
2: You know, LeBron, I told everybody that would listen in Chicago that LeBron's going to miss Alex Caruso. And I'm not saying that Alex is the difference between the Lakers being 500 or lesser or more than that. What I'm saying is, is that Alex just does everything as a max effort player, and we're seeing this in Chicago, right? In Chicago, Uh I mean, and he's not worried about filling up the stat sheet as far as the points. But man, you talk about assists and steals. He's doing all the little things that Donovan loves him.
1: Yeah, and it's it's just it's one of those things too. It helps give a team an identity, and you know, the Bulls. I think you know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but every you know the, one of the big concerns with Chicago going into the season is can they play defense with DeRozan out there and Levine and all these other things. It's like, do you have enough guys out there? And you know, if you need to go eight minutes and keep another team from scoring, you put Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso up top, and that cuts off half of what what a team wants to do just because those guys are so good at the point of attack and, you know, they can switch on everybody. They're long and they're strong. And, you know, I, I think that helps give a team an identity. And, you know, for the Lakers, they used to lean into that, you know, geez, our offense is, is sputtering. It doesn't work very well. We need to be better. But we know that if we need to, we can lock down for 12 minutes. We can make a team suffer for 12 minutes and win a quarter. If we need to win a quarter by eight, we can do it, you know, 24 to, to 16. Um, as opposed to having to outscore teams, and I, you know, I think that's what Alex brings, and he's just impossible not to like, as you know, as, as a fan, as a player. I mean, like, and so I mean, I'm glad you guys are enjoying him. Mm-hmm. Um, we're kind of sad. Here in LA <laughs> it's but it's, It really is. The, like people just like let him go, I mean, we can't can't let him go. He's yeah. sitting, you know, and now you see why he's just he he helps make. You know, your defense better. He's a wheel greaser on offense. He makes the right pass uh, and all that stuff. So, yeah, you know, that was money well spent for the Bulls.
2: You know, throughout this whole thing, even before the season started, Brian, I thought, okay – because there's a number of veterans and young players in this lakers team i thought the key to whatever the lakers are going to do this season is the health of anthony davis and over the last you know eight to ten games we're starting to see him really turn it up with 20 plus points i know what he can do offensively but the health of anthony davis means so much who knew that lebron would be in protocol who knew that there would be injuries here and there but what would you say your letter grade is for anthony davis so far this season
1: it was. It, I had him, you know, pretty close to an A for the first ten or fifteen games of the season, and was, I, I think he slid down to like a B plus or so. And it's, and honestly, it's not even fair because he hasn't really done anything wrong. Um, but what I will say is that, be, you know, in sort of the way that the big three has has played and the way that these games have gone, he's been a much more impactful player early. His scoring tends to be front loaded. He hasn't been a big fourth quarter player. He takes fewer shots. Than LeBron and Westbrook in the fourth quarter, he scores fewer points than LeBron and Westbrook in the fourth quarter, and that just that actually was something else that stuck out in the fourth quarter. The Clipper game is that Anthony Davis was much more aggressive offensively. They they need him to be their best player. Um, You know, maybe not their most important. Maybe that's LeBron from night, night to night. And obviously, Anthony Davis can't set the table for himself, but like they need him to be dominant every night. And again, just because of where they are and, and the supporting cast that they have and and the way things are shaking out. And it's it's not totally fair because his numbers are very good. But there are moments where he like you can just see the difference between Anthony Davis putting up twenty five or twenty eight when he's aggressive, when he's taking the ball to the hole, when he's, you know, consistent throughout fourth quarters or four quarters, versus, you know, A D when he's you know, huge at the beginning, kind of fades back a little bit, takes more jumpers, doesn't leave an impression on the game. And you kind of look up, guy hey, at 27. I, don't, I didn't remember any of it. Like, it, it's, it's a, they need him to be a top five, top two, top three guy um, if they're going to get where they want to go. And he's he's been a top 10 guy. So it's like, it's a tough criticism, but they need him to be better.
2: I I saw what they were saying on First Take and reading about uh, Frank Vogel and his job performance. I don't want to hear it, Brian. I don't want to hear it. Like, I mean, you have a veteran-laden team, and I like Monk, and I think that THT, uh, Horton Tucker, could be part of the future for the Lakers. But I don't want to hear this now all of a sudden that Vogel isn't the right guy. Now, I, I will ask you this. When LeBron spoke openly about Vogel in a positive way, is that the kiss of death? It could be.
1: (laughs) <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I don't, I don't think you know, unless LeBron really wants David Fisdale and I know they have a good oh, relationship. Uh, but the guy that, you know, I think he presumably really wanted is coaching the Clippers at the other end of the building right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, 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 think he genuinely doesn't believe that Vogel is the problem. I, I think LeBron understands also too, that he has a lot of fingerprints on where this team is. it's, yeah, you know, Rob Polinka signed off on the Russell Westbrook trade. Polinka loves stars. You know, this is the Lakers, and they will always default to let's get the biggest name out there that we can get and, and make it work, and just add talent, add talent, add talent, as opposed to something like a Buddy Heel trade or Demar Derozan or something like that. You know, all these former Lakers are on the Bulls this year. Uh-huh, um, so yes. <laughs> You know, and your former Laker Demar Derozan, and so yeah, you know, I. I think LeBron also understands the politics of this, that if if Frank Vogel gets canned, there's blowback to him. Like, LeBron, you did this to this team. And, you know, you got the coach fired because it didn't work. And so I think there is a little bit of that in play, but... Vogel isn't the problem. He's trying. I, I think he could be more flexible. I wish he didn't play Avery Bradley as much as he has over the course of the year. But he's gone. Anthony Davis has played more center this year than any of the seasons he has as a Laker. They're they're doing these LeBron at center lineups. But it's also hard, too, because they have this incredible jigsaw puzzle with 13 new players. And half the pieces have been missing all year. So uh, I don't envy the position that Vogel is in. I don't think he's... You know, done a brilliant job this year, but I think he on the list of problems the Lakers have. Frank Vogel is, for me, very low. Uh,
2: The entire league is really based on the success of the Celtics and the Lakers. I mean, that's what it comes down to. So, is there a game between the Celtics and Lakers that you look back fondly? You were there as a fan to watch it on TV. Is there a game that you really liked between these two? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see. It's just like both,
1: both of these teams are i kind of been an interesting spot where you know their records are relatively similar, and they're both expected to be much better than they've been. And you know the Celtics seem to have turned around. I think they're nine and four in their last thirteen games. There they were a couple games under five hundred, and now they're, they're they're sort of figuring it out. And it, it, you know the league is always better. I agree when the when these guys are good, mm-hmm. when these when this rivalry matters. Um, and right now it's it's just funny because like the context of of this game comes in. Two teams that are, I you know, the Lakers certainly very close to panic mode. And in Boston, they've had, you know, their trouble with, know, Marcus Smart calling out Jason Tatum and all these other things and and earlier in the year. And it's like, which one of these teams is going to get it right? And, you know, the Celtics already beat the Lakers once and they beat them pretty bad. And, you know, if the Lakers lose again this time at home, you know, and it, it just it starts to pile on. And I'm sure even though none of these guys were around in, you know, 2010, the last time the rivalry was a really big deal, I'm sure that in Boston they would love to just nudge the Lakers a little closer to the edge of, like, that cliff. Um, And even if somebody else kicks them off, (laughs) but, like, just knowing they played a role, I think, would make Boston people very happy.
2: Brian, um, I don't know if you've talked about this in the podcast yet, but I've talked about it, about here we are in 2021, and there's always been naming rights to stadiums going uh, way back over the last 25, 30 years. And I see Crypto.com uh, Arena is going to be the new Staples Arena. And, I, and listen, oh, right the top, yes, I know the, the, the Crypt is what they'll call it, I'm sure. Uh, and, and so but the, here's the, my issue. My thought is, Brian, that. I just don't think these naming rights, outside of the money that obviously you get from it, it doesn't matter, I don't think, to the common fan anymore. Like, I go to Bulls games. I don't look at my phone and say, you know what? I'm at the United Center. I got to book a flight. You know, I I, I I I never look at it from that standpoint, right? It's just like outside of the spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend, you can point at the building and say, look, that's my company. I don't think that it really matters as much anymore because uh, when I saw the name change, I said, oh, OK, well, I mean, just another name change. I'll keep up with it because you and I both cover the league because we gotta remember the names. But I don't think it really has the cachet as it once did.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, I think from from the perspective of crypto.com, I, I, I think they're getting their money's worth you know, out of the first couple of years of this to be on TV and you know, 100 articles written about it. And they're just trying to legitimize their their brand and their name and all that kind of – from a fan standpoint though, yeah, I don't think it, it's – I don't think any, any Lakers fans are going to turn around or Clippers fans or Kings fans or – or anybody's going to turn around and be like, hmm, I, for my crypto needs, I am going to turn <laughs> to crypto.com. Because I, I mean, although, I mean, to be honest with you, I, there, there are so it, it is such a relatively new area and kind of niche for a lot of people that it's very possible, actually, to be like, well, I don't, I, I'm, I'm interested in crypto. I don't know. any uh, Crypto.com, that's the name of the arena. Maybe I'll go there first. So I, I think for something like this, it might be new enough that it's helpful to them. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I just think it's funny because... Oh, crypto.com what is that are they even gonna be around in 20 years and this and maybe not but like when you say the same thing about staples like when was the last time you went to a staples I mean like I don't think people even associate staples with the company anymore it's just the name of the arena I don't right. think they think about it as a store where you go to get office supplies right because nobody does that. You know, it's like, right. you, know, in term, you know, crypto.com might be something that is sort of irrelevant and futuristic and weird and may not be, but like Staples as a company is kind of an anachronism at this point. Like, I, so I, I don't know what we're clinging to there. I don't think it has any meaning as a brand. It's just the name of the, of the building. And so people get used to it. They'll probably still call it Staples. Sure, um, sure. You know, the Coliseum has a name that I don't even know what it is, but it's not, it's like the something, something, something Coliseum. I have no idea. Um, It's just the Coliseum and that's what it's going to be and Staples will probably remain Staples. And, you know, um, but I I think the crypto people will will get their money's worth. I hope they do. (laughs) I'm not rooting.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, unless it's a car dealer like a Toyota Center in Houston, I get that, right? It's a car. Mm -hmm. But, you know, will it be Smoothie King in New Orleans? Will you get your, you know, your protein shake? Uh, you know, in five years from now, New Orleans, I don't know, uh, but I, I just, I kind of, I see the name, but I don't really say, Hey, that used to be so-and-so. It's just, it's just but kind like, of how,
1: weren't the, weren't the, the like the New Orleans people, they changed their naming rights. It seems like every, like, did weren't they like a mattress? No, was that, that was a uh, Sacramento where they were the mattress people for a little while. Like yes. Sleep trainer. Sleep train. Or, sleep sleep train. You're right. Yes. I mean, it just becomes kind of a joke. That that when they change so much, and then you just sort of lose track and forget.
2: Yes, or if you're a White Sox fan like me, guaranteed right field with the arrow pointing down, because that's always a comfort. Arrow pointing down. So that's right here, it's right here. This
1: is where the field
2: is. Right here. You want your you want your rates down, and so that's great. So that says where the ball club has been, you know, before going to the playoffs. That is for sure. So this is going to be a game. I always keeping my eyes on with the Lakers and the Celtics because to the old rivalry rekindled uh, tonight uh, at Crypto. As always, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Awesome, Jonathan. Appreciate it.
2: Shout out to Giannis Antetokounmpo. He turned twenty seven on Monday. Check out this resume. He's 27, right? NBA champion, finals MVP, two-time NBA MVP, five-time All-Star, All-Star Game MVP, defensive player of the year, five-time All-NBA, four-time All-Defensive player, most improved player, and won the Bucs' first title in 50 years. Happy birthday to Giannis. That's a lot of accomplishments before he turns 27. (laughs) <laughs> I mean that's amazing 27 years old and already Is a legend in Milwaukee Shout out to my man Stacy King he was not at the game At courtside with Adam Amin It was Bill Wennington coming over for the radio Side to work with Adam Stacy's in the protocol as well All as well to my man Stacy King A friend of mine and a friend of this show And don't forget you can find this podcast Exclusively on Spotify Spotify you find it on Spotify, you'll never miss an episode of the the Hood Basketball Podcast. The same up to you all listening on the Cap and J Hood podcast feed, and wherever you're getting this podcast, thanks so much for your support, as we're proudly brought to you by DraftKings. I'm Jonathan Hood. Don't forget to catch me on Cap and J Hood mornings, 7 to 10 right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Man, we got so much basketball to cover. We got to get back into the college conversation as well, and so much more. If you love basketball, you've come to the right place. Basketball. Ball is Hood with me, Jay Hood. Thanks for listening.